Welcome to Pass It On with CWR Talent. I'm CWR, and this is my podcast dedicated to helping our aspiring leaders and mentors. We're sharing the valuable experience and advice of some of the most successful executives in my network. My specialty? Discover talent and pass it on. That's it. In simpler terms, I'm a headhunter with a twist. If you want to increase your knowledge, build resilience, or simply polish your soft skills in order to lead at the next level, my guests are all happy to share what works and what doesn't. It's honest, it's forward motion, and future thinking. We like it. Catch our latest episodes that drop Sundays at 12 p.m. GMT London time. And whether you're in London, New York, Lima, Paris, Perth, or Dubai, you'll find us on all platforms where podcasts live. We appreciate each and every listener, and we hope you'll share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. Here we go. Welcome. I'm CWR. Making the leap from corporate senior leadership within established luxury hospitality groups to entrepreneur in yet another foreign country takes a brave soul to chuck the comfy tax-free salaries and benefits packages of the expat lifestyle to embark on a more risky but rewarding path. It takes a creative mindset and a tenacious ability to start small and grow a business without all the typical support and large teams, knowing it's you who has to buy the staples for the office and not an anonymous purchasing department. It's quite the change of perspective. Can anyone do it? I'd say anyone could do it, but few have the focus and drive to persist and make it work, all while making goals for a very social enterprise by giving back every opportunity one can. And my guest today does just that. As if that weren't enough to keep them busy, add on a creative team of consultants who can decide on the right concepts to elevate an F&B development or whether an in-house created concept or to engage with a well-known franchise brand. Their goal is to create fun, exciting, and profit-generating restaurants for their clients. They also create great opportunities with their own concepts and engage with partners that have excellent quality management operating teams. They can either deliver or operate commercially-driven restaurants and bars, partner with incredible brands, or develop your own concepts. It's a veritable one-stop shop. And it takes two to conceptualize this very cool venture. The founders of this unique consultancy both have had successful careers within F&B and retail for several decades, working for the most well-known luxury brands in the world. Who better to bring their combined resources together to provide their clients who need support and direction and to bring their ideas and visions to light? Today's guests will be sharing with us how this couple have made both the plunge into the deep pool of F&B and retail consultancy, concept design, and growing a cool list of interesting restaurants and eatery concepts. New brands in Saudi Arabia, Doha, Dubai, Denang, and Hoi An, doing it for themselves with their tight-knit team and communities. I love these kind of stories. And as I've said before, 2022 is the year of possibilities, renewal, and fresh starts. My guests today are Andrew Joyce and his wife, Karina Joyce, founder and co-founders of B&B Ideas Group based in Da Nang, Vietnam. 
Karina's career in luxury hospitality began with Jumeirah Hotels and Resorts in Dubai, followed by Kersner International at the fabulous Atlantis the Palm and Raffles Dubai. Karina's specialization was as a senior sales director within conventions and events for these five-star hotel groups. However, Karina jumped over to fashion design and development, in which she acquired her degrees, refining her skill sets in fashion, digital design, and pattern making, as well as startups of small new brands. Today, in addition to leading the team on creative strategy and retail development, as well as serving the community as an associate lecturer at the RMIT University in Vietnam, teaching fashion design, fashion enterprise creation. Corina is also a sustainability expert in this field. With Andrew Joyce, after more than a decade of working in restaurant development around the world and another decade of executive positions, Andrew recently got himself back deep into the kitchen during one of the events at their own restaurant, Mezba with the kitchen team during a collaboration with Anantara in Hoi An and returned to his very early chef roots. He began washing pots at Stansted Airport at 15 years old, which very quickly developed through hard work and dedication to demi-chef de partie at the Dorchester. Okay, not too shabby of a start. Andrew developed his skills in the UK and Australia for the first few years of his development. Dubai called, and Andrew joined Jumeirah Hotels and Resorts as an executive chef for the Madina Jumeirah, one of my favorite properties in the city. Jumeirah rewarded his success with a promotion to food and beverage operations director and then as food and beverage development director for the group. After over seven years with Jumeirah, it was time to stretch his wings, and he successfully completed a one-year project to prepare the opening of all F&B within the Galeries Lafayette in Dubai, the French department store giant, as culinary director. Hilton came a-knocking after that, and Andrew joined Hilton International Middle East Africa region, ultimately becoming their senior director of F&B development and director of restaurants Middle East Africa for a total of eight years. Which brings us to B&B Ideas and how Green and Andrew decided to chuck it all and build this business with their unique and enviable skills. They are entrepreneurs supporting local entrepreneurs. They employ people from the region and acquire local materials and produce where possible. Their goal is to be a valuable member of the local community by offering training and perspective. At least 10% of their workforce will be from underprivileged youth from the region as they want to develop and open a door into future international employment for their extensive network, both locally and abroad. Andrew and Karina want their stakeholders to grow with them and be in it for the long run. Let's bring them on to pass it on and hear about this wonderful story of hope, creativity, and community. Welcome, Andrew and Karina, to the podcast. I'm absolutely delighted you could both join me to pass it on to our listeners. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to share our story. It's a great story. Let's jump right into the first of my questions for you both. I have so many. First, why don't you both tell me what crazy idea led you to decide to chuck the comfy expat life and become entrepreneurs in Vietnam? 
Well, I'm not sure if it's quite so comfy as an expat in Dubai, because um, <laughs> it's such a it's such a fast paced life, Dubai, and and Karina and I were both there for 18 years. Uh, hard work and commitment to to a crazy city that uh, you know has, has been built in this last 20 years. So um, I guess there's kind of two reasons, Corinne. Really, um, the first is Karina and I. We spent quite a long time, over maybe 10 years, traveling Southeast Asia and Asia in general, and we we fell in love with Asia. And as we were traveling around the different towns, villages, etc. We we saw these different restaurants and, and locally owned and, and expat owned. And we used to sit there and and you know just think, well, why don't we do that? You know, this great, great uh, two people, different talents. Um, why don't we pull together our our ideas and 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 create something? But then I guess the sort of more I guess purposeful reason was that we were looking for something together more. Um, Dubai really provided us with, with an amazing income and an amazing experience and career. Um, but we needed something more purposeful in life. And um, so we, we, we put together our plan, um, two years in the making, maybe longer. Um, and, and we decided to become entrepreneurs in Vietnam. That's unbelievable because it's quite the jump. I mean, most recently, I've read about your joint venture with Anantara Hoyan taking over one of their in-house concepts with your restaurant, Mezba, to great success. Tell our listeners about this project and how it began. So, you know, once once we'd set up in in Vietnam, you know, I you know I always recognized uh, in my in my previous sort of life with in in Dubai how you know, important partnerships are. Um, no matter what level you are, you need good, strong partnerships to, to succeed. And we recognize that, you know, landing in Vietnam and in Da Nang, that we needed to partner with, with you know, certain companies that, that sort of resonate with us, resonate with our company and what we do and what we're about. And we happened to be talking like this uh, at an event in, in the Anantara Hoi An with the leadership team. And um, they, they were saying oh, how great Mezbar is and what a welcome breath of fresh air to have such a restaurant. And they said, would you, would you be open to do a, part, a partnership and a pop-up? So, you know, over a couple of drinks, um, we talked about what we wanted to do and, and how we could do it. And, and the conversation really grew from there. And, and, and the opportunity was fantastic. It was, it was a three-day event. And, um, you know, we, we, it was a lot of effort, a lot of energy from everybody and, and, and with our team. And, and we did this setup and we basically took over their art space, which is perfect for Mezbar because Mezbar is a lifestyle concept. And um, we did three great days, very, very busy. Um, despite the fact we're right in the midst of COVID uh, here in Vietnam and, and the country is still semi-locked down, um, we had a great success. And, and, and that's the thing with, with partners like Anantara, you've got the opportunity to sort of really push and market um, what you do because of the power of the brand of, of such a brand like, you know, Anantara and Minor Hotels. So that was a great partnership. 
That's it's a very interesting story, and I love that brand uh, as it is. Uh, Corina, what is the DNA of your creative strategy at B and B Ideas? Our DNA uh, at B and B Ideas Group is for for anything really community, and as Andrew said, uh, building partnerships, building partnerships within the local community, and partnerships with a with a wider reach. So we're all interacting with numerous touch points every day and all our decisions and all our actions have consequences and at BNB we want those interactions always to be um, positively impactful we want to be an active and positive part of our local and our wider community which for us means telling a story uh, that is not just a pure marketing strategy, but authentic, like in Mezba. It's all about storytelling and we want to create accessible experiences for everyone. We want our customers, as well as our team, to have positive stories to tell from when they've interacted with us, that they had fun, they tried a new dish, and experienced a new taste, or they learned something new about a cuisine or a process. Essentially, they've expanded their horizons. Um, we want to create moments and memories through the story we create together with all our stakeholders. And we want to create enjoyment and fun. We, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We are not um, a serious company. Our values, amongst others, um, contain the word supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So um, <laughs> it's all about, yeah, fun and and meaning and storytelling. That's fantastic. You've also created some contemporary small startup concepts for your clients to consider as investments, while B&B Ideas can also operate the business for them. Tell us a bit about Fat Tony Slice Club. It, from my unerasable accent, you can tell I'm a New Yorker, and we love our pizza with a passion. This looks like a great startup concept. Where did you get your inspiration for this idea? Well, it, there's a bigger part to this story. Um, when, you know, when I was in Dubai, um, when we were considering about moving out to Vietnam, um, one of the sort of real energizing things that, that got us going was the fact that I had great contacts and, and opportunities to consult in Saudi Arabia and, and in Doha, and I do consult in, in both countries. Um, and one of the investors said to me, you know, I'd, I'd like you to create a number of concepts for me. And uh, he, he's, he's frequently in New York and LA, London, he lives in Paris. Um, and he, he asked me, he said, look, can you create some, some cool concepts? And I'm a regular at Joe's in New York. And I said, oh yeah, I'd love to do something like Joe's. <laughs> and, um, now, th this was just before COVID. And so we went ahead and created a number of concepts. And, you know, the client said to me, hey, you know, I just want to hold on until after COVID before I launch. And I thought to myself, you know what, with the, with the pizza concept, I, I actually don't want to wait. I want to, I want to open that myself now. So Karina and I, we, we, we rattled our heads. We looked at Joe's and we looked at the market in, in Da Nang. And we thought, you know, we can create a slice concept like you get in Brooklyn. Now, I was I was frequently in the States uh, oh. on business 
and I would spend a lot of time in New York and Brooklyn. And we, we thought, you know, everybody in Da Nang is doing sourdough pizza. And, and some of it's okay and some of it's good. There's a, there's a great brand here, Four Peas. Um, so we thought, you know, we're not going to do a, a sourdough pizza. We're going to do a, tri- a, 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 a true New York slice, which is non-sourdough based. And um, we, we love the idea of Goodfellas and some of the New York, uh, you know, centric music, um, you know, the, the Brooklyn, you know, the Williamstown um, appeal. And kind of we collected our ideas together and we came up with Fat Tony's. And uh, that's really the story behind it. That's really great. There there is a guy in Brooklyn that I've been following for years whose name is Mark, who is like a pizza purist in Brooklyn, who who calls himself a pizza purist. But when I lived in New York, you know, Ray's Pizza was my haunt. (laughs) Wow. Well, look, you know, we've we've had a lot of um, Americans visit Fat Tony's. And the feedback has been amazing. People have said it's, it's the closest thing you can get to New York. And I, I was very careful to, you know, going out there and, and saying, oh, we're, we're a New York slice without actually understanding. If you don't understand what a New York slice truly is, yeah. don't yeah. go out there and promote yourself. Right. So <laughs> I was a little bit I was a little bit worried. But, you know, all the Americans and especially I had I had we had a couple of people from Brooklyn and they said to me, hey, you know, guys, this is this is as close as you're going to get to the real deal. So I was quite confident. <laughs> that's that's great. I mean, what, one thing I also love is a food truck doing beautiful food. They've exploded all over the UK with some very fine concepts, especially before and also during COVID. Uh, when I saw your Vietnamese street food truck. I thought, what a fantastic business model for the mobile millennials who want to do business while they're traveling around. Uh, what was the biggest challenge designing a concept that operates in a finite space and is mobile? What was your biggest surprise? Well, you know, in, in, in Vietnam, the food truck uh, scene is, is yet to really take off. Although there is food trucks around, they're still sort of very in its in its infancy, I would say. There's there's a great opportunity here to really expand on the food truck business. That's great. And, and of those uh, food trucks, what would you say? What would you say the biggest challenge would be to design that? You know, because of course, when you're inside a food truck and it's mobile, you know, what are the biggest challenges to getting the equipment right to be able to? you know, travel around with your supplies. What, what do you find about what fits best in a Vietnamese street food truck? The important part is to backfill. Um, you, you have to have a, a location close by to be able to support the truck. Now the truck, what we, what we would call is a satellite kitchen. So you can only expedite food. Um, you can't produce food in a food truck. You need a, a location close by to be able to produce the product. So that's that's really your core challenge. Now, if you, when you're designing a food truck, you really need to make sure that the the interior is only fitted out with equipment that you really need, and you have to work through the process of of you know how you expedite whatever the dish is. If it's a burger, if it's a Vietnamese spring roll, whatever you do, you have to walk through that process early on before you you know get to the design stage and the fit out stage, and and that you have a good support kitchen to to overcome those challenges. Excellent. 
Karina, when it comes to retail and fashion, what type of projects are in the works for Vietnam and how can BNB Ideas Group assist a startup hopeful in, in your classes at the university? I, I have a very talented daughter-in-law who is working towards starting her own Peruvian fashion brand in Paris. Uh, what advice would you have for her as she designs her business model? Well, that's amazing to hear about your daughter-in-law, Peruvian. Sounds yes, very I'm so excited. My son just got married last September. Oh, you must share her Instagram with me so I can and follow her journey. I must yes. look her up. I can tell you, she's been studying uh, fashion design in Paris. That's what she came to Paris from Lima for. And she mm -hmm. just never went back. And so, and then she married my son, which was always a good choice. But now <laughs> she's going to start her own brand. What, what, what would you think would be, as she designs her business model, what advice would you give her? Anyone who wants to venture into the very, very competitive uh, fashion world. Um, for everyone, it's important to understand not only what your unique selling point is, but what you um, as the founder, as the entrepreneur is good at. So the unique selling proposition turns, in my opinion, into a unique selling persona. It's not only about financing and researching your markets, but what strength, what passion do you bring to your business idea? How can you make a difference? There's so many brands out there as you scroll through your social media feed. The ones with personality are the ones that stick. And I'm really passionate about the fact that we really do not need more product in our world, there is a um, provocative statement in uh, a recent industry article that stated the world doesn't need another sustainable fashion brand. Now, that's not to discourage anyone, but to think we need to find solution for changing our linear system, our economic system, and the way we operate inherently. At uh, BNB Ideas Group, we're planning to facilitate a platform to bring together local artisans with an international audience. So at the same time, supporting craftswomen and men by teaching them skills that will help them support their families and also helping the craft to survive and thrive. Currently, we are consulting brands more on an individual basis, so individual startups. Um, I'm coordinating their manufacturing, for example, or creating or curating their product ranges, uh, supporting with sourcing, especially here in Vietnam. And ultimately, we are aiming to establish some form of educational institution to teach skills not only to artisans but teaching people like you and me to to sew and mend and make again understanding the the value of these skills that our grandmothers all still had and i'll i'm always trying to deliver an appreciation of of garments and assisting people to to find their way into degrowth which is my um passion word <laughs> <laughs> That's, in, that's very, very interesting that um, I remember my mother sent me to tailoring school when I was 15. So mm. she, she wanted me to make my own clothes. And it was yeah. very tough, but it's a great skill to have. Once you know it, it's a fabulous skill to have. Absolutely. And you can do anything with that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 
Andrew, Gaga is a very interesting fast food business model on your site. Tell us about the main theme of this concept and what's its unique selling point. So similar to, to, to what I said about Fat Tony's, um, there, there was a conversation, a bigger conversation that was had with, with one of our clients. And we were talking about, you know, this chicken concepts that you get around the world, just they're only serving chicken. Now, chicken in Vietnam is a, is a is a real staple um so and the word for chicken is ga um so we thought two chickens gaga uh, nothing to do with lady gaga but but uh if you put the the apostrophe down uh you have gaga so so gaga is is centered around chicken and um we have four cooking type styles which is barbecue um barbecue char grill uh, shawarma style chicken, which is the Middle Eastern style of cooking, Chinese roast style of chicken, so that using the Chinese roaster oven, and then fried chicken, like southern fried chicken, southern fried chicken burger. Uh -huh. So there's four different four different cooking styles that we use in Gaga, and and it's purely focused around um, around the bird, around the chickens. Absolutely, that's really a cool idea because it's it's very seldom you know, that you get different cooking methods, you know, in a, in a chicken fast food franchise, you get one method, basically. But that's, that's a, a very interesting selling point and could be a very uh, quick model to franchise. You also have kiosk models for airports, I noticed, and heavy traffic venues for Mez Light. Is this the light version of Mezba? It's a scaled down fast option, I think, that could prove a very interesting franchise operation. Are you considering franchising all or some of your concepts as you go forward? Yeah, this is this is very much what we want to do. And I think the franchise model and, and the franchise world is something that we want to explore over the next few years. Um, I've been a franchisee and a franchisor, so I understand both sides of, of the spectrum. So we, 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 when we looked at Mezbar and how we created it, we always had the expectation that we could do the Mezbar mothership, but we could do lighter versions for airport models or train stations, et cetera. And that, that really is, a, a Mez Express, for example, would be a sort of, you know, a kiosk style shawarma, cheese manakish, the Lebanese breads, um, and and then the mez light would be would be something very simple, just like a shawarma. You know, we would be doing our meze, we would be doing our hot meze uh, from these counters. But you know, they, they're really sort of set up to to go into small sort of units in in airports and and train stations. And with a franchise, you know, we it is something that we want to expand on, and we are looking at um, opportunities have already flown by um, our way. On, on developing the franchise model for Mez Light and Mez Express, and we are exploring that right now. But franchise for us is we we really like to create and build our concepts in Vietnam, so that when we export our our stamp, our model, when we when we in, in the franchise world we call them the box, the box, the franchise sits inside a box. So you get inside your box, you get your whole franchise model, your your fit out your build your return on investment um, and we call this a box on this box we would stamp made in vietnam for us this is really important that we're creating something in vietnam and then we're exporting it out into the franchise world 
that's our next our next few years. And you've got also a few artisanal concepts going on with VN, an artisanal coffee bar with a Vietnamese twist. You've got XOXO, which I call Kiss Hug, Kiss Hug, which might probably <laughs> end up being my favorite one because I'm a dim sum fanatic. This concept is all about yum cha, also known as going for dim sum and tea. What are your plans for these two concepts? So these these two concepts are in the making. Um, we're very far down the line. Um, VN really is is again it's paying homage to Vietnam. Um, we 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 took the speed of Starbucks. You know the the way that they've they've organised the concept, the way that they can they can deliver hundreds of coffees per day. We looked at the brand Arabica, which is a much more premium version of of you know a good good fast coffee shop. Um, but we've taken the interiors of Vietnam, the rice fields, green, uh, indigo, uh, the bamboo. So we're looking at the interiors of Vietnam, the quality of, of a brand such as Arabica and the speed of something like Starbucks. And we've created our own uh, concept VN, um, which is quite a playful um, way of doing the logo with, with using the word, uh, the letters VN. Mm -hmm. And then we've, we've, XOXO, as you call it, or we call it so so. Uh, so so for us is is like you said, it's a dim sum yum cha concept. Um, in Vietnam, there's a real need for good quality Chinese uh, high end products um, or concepts, and we 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 took our base from the concept Din Tai Fun, uh, which which I'm regular at when I'm in Dubai. Uh, love the concept, but we wanted to create something that's a bit more premium. Um, in Vietnam, we have houses that are on four or five floors. And the idea is to build a so-so on uh, four or five floors. So you've got different experiences on different floors, but Ooh. all centered around dim sum and the soup, the noodles, etc. as you said. Um, but, but also very much tea. Uh, the tea experience, tea and the cocktails and the mocktails yeah. and, and tea itself. So, yeah. No, that's a fantastic concept. Open one in London quick. I'm dying. <laughs> and, and certainly not least, I'd love to hear all about Latin by Chef Moro at the Waldorf Astoria in Doha, Qatar. How did this project come about? So this is this is our main client in in Doha, who is the owner of the Waldorf Astoria um, uh, West Bay. This hotel will open in quarter four this year. Um, this partner of ours I've known for for best part of eight years, and his his ask to me was create me a new luxury brand concept uh, for the market, competing with the Zoomers of the world, the Amazonicals. Um, the this level of brand so through through connections and 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 you know talking to people what the need is in the market we 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 spoke with Mauro Calagreco is who is the leading chef of the world and had best restaurant in the world I think 2018-2019 which is Mirazil Mauro is is although his restaurant is based in the south of France Mauro is from Argentina and his roots, his family come from Italy. So we, we created a concept uh, that, that, that takes in Mauro's roots um, through Latin America, but also we've built the concept around the elements, earth, 
air, fire, and ice. And uh, we've we've mm. we so we've we've had the food which is Latin centered centered, um, but we're still using um, you know Mauro's roots of Italy. So we have crudo bar, raw bar, um, and we also have the you know the sushi ceviche element. So the concept actually Latin, the name Latin is a placeholder. The I can reveal on this podcast uh, that the actual true name for this concept with a big drum roll, is Muru. And Muru is, is the meaning Muru comes from the Inca word, the creation of life, the seed of life. And the concept, as I mentioned, has the four uh, elements, uh, which is the creation of, of the planet. And so this concept is centered around the elements and, and the experiences in the background of, of Chef Mauro. We are looking to open uh, Muru at uh, maybe September or October this year in, in Doha. We'll be on the fifth floor at the Wardorf Astoria. Um, got a super team. Designer is Lazaro from Barcelona, one of the leading uh, restaurant designers in, in Europe. As mentioned, Mauro Calagreco's team and MC Consulting. Um, and we have some fabulous companies that are helping us brand and, and build this brand. And, and hopefully you'll hear about it next year as one of the best new luxury brand concepts on the market. I can't wait to try that out when I get back down to the Middle East. Um, Corina, I see that you're a sustainability expert and will shine a guiding light on each of these concepts to be as sustainable as possible. Your company seems to have also formed a really tight-knit team of local talent from the community. What are your goals to include young, underprivileged locals in your hiring plans for some of your own concepts? I'm a forever student of sustainability. There is so many exciting new developments happening in, in that field every day. Uh, so I am the one in BNB ideas to look at processes and look for opportunities to forever improve ourselves. When it comes to talent, uh, young underprivileged locals, uh, there is so much talent that has no access to formal education, no funds for flash degrees or schooling, uh, even the basic, most basic of schooling. And this is the talent. Um, this talent is what we want to enable access into the industry, both the hospitality and the fashion industries allow you to enter without formal degrees and just the willingness to learn and the energy to progress. The best example is Andrew. <laughs> um, I am from Germany, a country that values manual skills and crafts and has a high regard for apprenticeships. So we focus on hiring emerging talent that is hungry to learn and to grow by teaching them hands-on skill in the business. And we, of course, promote and develop our team internally instead of hiring externally where possible. Ultimately, we want to achieve B Corp status and make our business a force for good, make our voices heard and use the network we both have to enable young, willing talent to venture out into the global industries. Excellent. Um, as, uh, as the group continues to grow, Andrew, and develop new ideas and concepts, 
What is your ultimate goal for B&B Ideas, and, and what would you want to be able to achieve for the team and those local communities? So I think I think our ultimate goal, and and, and we, you know, our, our focus really is we're people centered, and we we really like to get to the point where we, like Karina said, you know, we we're looking to employ local talent, underprivileged uh, kids, emerging talent, and help communities thrive uh, by you know getting them into a workplace, teaching them an industry, teaching them a trade. And, and our focus really, our core of our business and going back to the, when we first spoke at the start of this podcast, you know, our desire for a bigger purpose in life. Uh, our purpose is, is, of course, we want to make money for the company, but our purpose is driven to what we can do using our talents, our connections, uh, the people that we know and helping the community, helping people out of poverty, and, and of something very important is, is for us is stopping female trafficking, uh, how we can get involved and how we can contribute to stopping this awful uh, trade. Um, this, this is how we see ourselves developing further uh, our company with this at the center and our core. It's a very noble purpose, and I really wish you guys a lot of luck with it because I think it's fantastic. I mean, if you, um, Andrew and Karina together, if you had one piece of advice, something you learned along the way to give to aspiring entrepreneurs and aspiring investors as they launch into their own wild ride of being a business owner, what would it be? For me, I'll start. <laughs> um, be be relentless. Uh, don't give up. Uh, the way out of the maze, the jungle you feel yourself in at the moment may just be around the corner. So you must keep going. Yeah, good answer. The, <laughs> I mean, really, it, it's nerve wracking when you give up working for somebody and you go it alone. Um, but that nerve, the nervous feeling that you get is it passes and you get right into it. The piece of advice I would give anybody is, is make sure that you have a good plan. Make sure you do your research, uh, do your return on investment, make sure that you have enough cash flow. But, but really be prepared for change. Um, not everything stays in a straight line. Um, there's a bumpy road out there and you have to go and surf the surf the bumps the ups and the downs um, as they come and but stay true to your core um, on what you want and what your purpose is that's really great advice I appreciate that from both of you I know when I started my brand nine years ago I've never looked back never looked back <laughs> listen thank you both for so much for joining me today on pass it on it's a fascinating adventure and i look forward to hearing more about what's next for bnb ideas thank you kareen thank you for having us thank you kareen really appreciate it thank you you're welcome take care now thank you for listening we hope you'll give us a like please tick follow for notifications of our latest episodes on the platform of your choice. This has been Pass It On with CWR Talent. Pass it on. <laughs>